0: Is happening y'all welcome back to another episode of the maverick experience i am your host aditya krishna or you can call me daddy maverick so last week i was a wall i was not there i'm sorry because you know i had some c- certain things to take care of i wanted to be sure to be present i was thinking i'll make it up but towards the end you know i got a little carried away and i was a little busy with work and i just couldn't make it but yeah but this week i've come back with a banger and the episode is going to be about anxiety and anxiety according to me is the greatest catastrophe ever to ever exist in the mental sickness world so like you know because every fucking person who i know have been through anxiety at least one point in their li- in their life and most people who i know are you know are having chronic anxiety they have been Having anxiety all over their life, from their childhood, even now, and even I am a person who's always anxious. anxiety has been a part of my life throughout. So like I wanted to start this episode for a long time, but it took me some time to get there because you know it's very complex topic and I needed the exact you know details about how and what anxiety is and exactly what it is and you know getting the proper research done. So it taken me some time to come up with this episode, but at the end of the day, here we are and let's get started. So yeah, the topic for today, as you guys know, is anxiety, the greatest catastrophe. So what is anxiety? So like if you ask me what is anxiety, like let's say you're sleeping, okay, you're just having a good, nice sleep and suddenly the alarm goes off and you're like, oh my God, I need to switch off the alarm and, you know, disarm the alarm. But what if you come to know that there is no place where you can switch off the alarm Like your alarm is going on but you can't switch it off. It's really messing you up but you just don't know how to switch off the alarm and that's exactly what anxiety is. Anxiety basically is an alarm which hits you and you just don't know how to off it you just it's it just keeps on going and it might happen in the random of places where you are at it doesn't matter where you are like which part of you know the world you are it affects everybody no matter gender anything it affects you at, you know you don't know when it comes and you don't know how it goes also it's just there when i get anxious i don't fight or i don't flee also what i do is i literally freeze like this i don't know how many people have gone through this i'm sure that many people are there and many people can relate like especially i've got intense stage fright like i might be making a podcast now and stuff and all but i have always had stage fright like if i had to give an example you know when i was a lot younger when i was ninth grade not ninth i think tenth grade i won the chess championship in my school okay and i was the number one player chess player in my school so like they told me that you know after winning it was all normal i won and i was happy and all this we played the tournament we won i won and stuff and next day that day before leaving school they told me that you know what aditya tomorrow your prize distribution ceremony will be there so your number you're the first one to collect the the certificate so be sure you come on time so that you know you can come and collect the trophy and stuff i went back home I still remember to this day, it's been like, what, 10, 12, 15, 16, 17 years. I'm like 28 now. And that time I was like 12, 13, I mean, 14, 15 years old. So yeah, 12, 13 years. And uh, that time, I just literally couldn't sleep at night. I was awake the whole night. Like, I was like, man, what the fuck is happening? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what should I do? Should I go to a stage and collect it this way? Or should I collect it this way? Or you know, I was kind of i was really tense and i don't know what i should do so this is exactly what life is you know because it made me think the whole morning from night till morning i was awake because i was so anxious so fucking anxious that should i take how should i collect how should i collect next day i went you know i went to the stage and they just told me come upstairs and i still remember, i went upstairs i collected the certificate and you turn around look at the photographer and the photographer clicks the picture that time my whole eyes turned black my whole fucking eyes turned black, okay? I just just didn't know what should I do. See, the hardest part of life, which is to win the trophy, was easy for me. But the easiest part of life where you just have to go and collect a fucking certificate. T- till this day, it haunts me, this, this uh, memory. And, you know, I just blacked out. Like, my eyes got full black and then I didn't know what should I do. I, Like, people all usually smile and stuff. I couldn't even smile. I just couldn't even look at that person because everything turned black. And then the principal told me, Aditya, you're, you're done, you can leave. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, and I just walked off. And that is exactly what happens to me, the freeze response. And I'm sure with the flight, fight, and the freeze response. And the freeze response is exactly this, where you just literally freeze and because, I, you know, that's an actual understanding, reasoning for the freeze response, okay. Let's say like, you as a person if you're a little bit of an intellect intellectual person you already know that you know that anxiety is like fucked up shit it's not real shit everybody knows that like anxiety for an animal when a lion comes to eat them is basically a survival instinct for them to escape but for a person like me or someone like who's going through anxiety who just have to climb the stairs and maybe get the certificate or maybe just go downstairs and talk to some random people who you see for the first time you get so fucking anxious and you just freeze The reasoning is the fight and flight response happens because you know when you see the situation is worse, you have to fight it out and escape, and when or you try to escape and get out from the situation. The freeze situation is basically you procrastinate in your mind. You think that see at the end of the what's going to happen? I'm not going to die from this. This thing won't kill me. So why should I fight or why should I flee? I'll just go face it. But you are still just you're just ready. You're okay to face it, but you are not okay to get over it or you never had that training to get over it so as long as you go there and you go there and you meet this thing you get this thing started and at the end you just freeze and you just don't know how to get over it yeah i think i talked about that point a long time so yeah let's move on so the next thing is uh yeah 30 percent of the people are said to have serious anxiety disorder 30% of people of people are said to have serious anxiety disorder not anxiety disorder serious anxiety disorder and I think I am one of them or I could say I was one of them because I am getting better my anxiety I've learned certain tricks about how to manage my anxiety which I'll share with you guys at the end of the episode so yeah so that basically there are many kinds of anxiety you know a lot of kinds of anxiety but the most you know the common anxiety which i can tell you like you know can put them in brackets one of the examples is circumstantial anxiety circumstantial anxiety is basically like you know it happened because of a circumstance like i talked about my stage fright as soon as i was climbing the stairs i was anxious anxious that's like circumstantial let's say you're driving a car you're driving a car and suddenly like you know you see someone like ahead of you, you know like little dist- from a distance you see somebody you see an accident and you'll be like oh shit is that guy okay is that guy fine suddenly you get that fright and that feeling the alarm goes off you know you know goes on you're like afraid oh my god what the heck is happening just what the heck just happened suddenly you're feeling a little weird and messed up your breathing is faster and all those things you know the normal anxiety symptoms so this thing is called as circumstantial anxiety because of a circumstance it happens And the next one is called social anxiety which is also something which I have because as I said I have stage fright is basically because I am worried about what people will think about me like how do I look do I look pleasing for the people do I look too fat do I look thin or you know it's not just about physical experience you know physical how I look physically but it's also about you know like how will they perceive me do they think I'm a nice person? And all those things, you know, you know how society is like how difficult it is, especially with the social media all and out, and you just have to present yourself. And sometimes you're in your shell and you just don't know how to come out because you're thinking people are watching. How like come And you know, there are n number of things about I think social anxiety is as simple as it gets. And that's something which I've been going through all my life, to be honest, you know. So yeah third is generalized anxiety now this is a pretty i talked about the serious anxiety shit right generalized anxiety is a little bit serious anxiety so generalized anxiety is basically you know let's say you're just lying in your bed or you're like i'm sitting here i'm just sitting here and i'm like okay now my friend has called me and i have to go and meet him and or just go downstairs and have food but you're like anxious about something for no reason your anxious means see, basically what does anxious means your blood is pumping your face is turning red you're sweating you're worried about what the people are going to think and you know you have you know you're feeling kind of itchy your legs are shaking your breaths are you're taking deep breaths this is all symptoms of anxiousness and you're worried about oh my god you intense worry so for no reason once you start worrying that is called generalized anxiety and that is supposed to be very serious anxiety because there's no certain reason that's no circumstance if that's a circumstance there's a reason for you to get anxious but this there is no reason that is a serious anxiety so yeah so now i'll talk about the reasons of anxiety now if you talk about the reasons of anxiety yeah like before i get to the reasons i forgot to say one thing yeah there you know like what causes anxiety like why do somebody get anxious so like basically what i've come up with is you know there are two options two generalized options okay the first one is genes sometimes you know you are just born with certain genes that are tend to be very nervous pretty quickly they're very cautious they're very nervous they're very cautious and you know you can see sometimes that cautiousness and that nervousness rubs off on you on you also as soon as you're born you're very cautious it, it can be a survival instinct which turned in turn turns to something extraordinary so one is genes and the second most important thing and i think genes we can't control it's a part of us and you know and we can't do shit about it but there's something which you can do a shit about and that's called the second part and that is called trauma trauma plays a fucking huge role in anxiety and i think trauma is a pretty big term and people Might take it in the wrong manner because trauma can be many things. It doesn't have to be physical. It doesn't have to be extreme. It can be very fucking simple as well. So, like, I'll tell you one reason. There is an anxiety called overgeneralized anxiety disorder. So, the overgeneralized anxiety disorder basically is that uh, let's say when you're a kid, especially if trauma occurs when you're young, when you when you are a kid, your parents and all or someone or whoever is your guardian, they tell you, "Don't go play in the water. You'll drown." you know you can't go there you know you'll drown be careful and the kid grows up being from point of time he gets into his head that you know if i go to the water i'll start drowning i can't swim you know you over generalize it to a point that even if you, if he goes to a four foot what or a three foot pool he's kind of scared oh my god i might sink and because he's been told that from a very young age for a long period of time that don't go there don't go there and that fucks you up i'll tell you another example which is much more understandable you know yeah insects insects okay like i'm sure mostly women and even men also i'm not going to lie about it even men also, when you're walking around suddenly an insect zzzz comes on you and you would be like oh my god what the heck is that like what what, what is that and you'll start taking that off you'll be like you'll feel cringy all of a sudden. You'll feel a certain kind of vibration in your body because an insect came and touched you. But the fact is, especially in the populous areas which we live in, 85-90% insects are totally harmless. They are like, you know, butterflies or dragonflies. These things are just doing their own business. Why are we actually fucked and we feel like, oh my God, what the heck? That's, uh, you kind of feel that, you know, that you don't like that. Because as a kid, you have been told, unconsciously or consciously you are been told that insects don't go near insects they are bad they're creepy they are ugly looking they're all those things how can insects be ugly looking and the color of a bed sheet doesn't freak you out color of a bed sheet is probably mix of three to eight colors insects also have four to three colors mixed with them so why do we get annoying insect it is not the physical appearance as we all think it is it is basically we have been generalized and told from a childhood age that insects are fucking dangerous don't go near them they are weird see there are bees there are mosquitoes which you need to be away from or you should be a little cautious of but we generalize it in such a whole manner that we see even a small insect suddenly coming to us in a rapid pace and you'll be like freaking out like there's no tomorrow you're going to die there only so that's called over generalized anxiety disorder so stop generalizing anything to the extreme point especially when to a kid because a kid don't know what where to draw the limit so that's why you might see certain kids who can't do certain things they are scared of driving a bike they're scared of you know eating fruits some people are even scared of eating fruits there are some people who are scared of you know many things you can see all that phobia coming in a water phobia hydrophobia and all those things this thing actually plays a role Overgeneralized trauma trauma sorry so yeah so the next point is yeah the next point as i said anxiety actually begins from the childhood but it actually happens because of something called the separation analogy the separation analogy talks about when you're a kid you start distancing yourself from your parents or from yourself self distancing or distancing from your parents for certain reasons whatever the reasons is that time you feel messed up and that causes anxiety in simpler terms you know they're called the jabs the jabs are basically jab you know the boxing jab jabs or the vaccination jab whichever you understand the jabs are judgment for j a for abandonment and b for blame and s for shame so like when you talk about judgment judgment is basically you know like when you're young your parents will be like let's say for my example it'll be like adi don't do that adi don't do this uh that they don't do that and you know if you do that you become a bad boy or if you do this you're a good boy so that suddenly as a kid you know you're very adventurous you're doing and you're practicing a lot of things but as you grow older you're kind of feeling weird you're kind of feeling like oh my god i don't sh- i shouldn't do that that's wrong this is bad this is good because you're afraid what people will judge all of a sudden you've become very afraid of judgment you're afraid of people judging you so that you're not taking a lot of steps that causes a lot of fucking anxiety fear of judgment causes anxiety and that comes from childhood the trauma and you might see this is also trauma telling you don't do that for an number of times can turn inversely and this is what i call like you know it affects the subconscious it does not conch they don't do it cautiously i mean consciously they do it and like like you know it happens all of a sudden it happens so that's what that judgment causes you know social anxiety especially and suddenly you're kind of afraid okay my god i don't know should i do this or not if i do that people judge me you know how like i talked about my stage fright why do you think I had that stage fright? Once you think and you know you break it down it's basically because you're scared going to go on a stage because you're, you're scared to stand on a pedestal where people will notice you and people will start judgment oh look at him man look at him he's got a tummy oh, look at him he's got a pimple on his face or oh, look at him he can't talk properly he's stumbling he's got uh, his, his voice sucks it can be n number of things and your, kind, your mind is suddenly running all those thoughts because you're afraid of being judged so it is a part and that's called the that's the first part of the jabs the judgment and the second thing is called abandonment abandonment of the jab is basically you know when you're a kid especially your let's say your parents have abandoned you which is extreme case but abandonment doesn't mean abandonment like that let's say they work jobs and they are having their jobs and they never listen to your needs you have those certain needs right like mom dad i want that or you want a friend you're what you're looking for is a friend so you can you know you know you can get into with them and you know confide your thoughts with them but they were never there for you and all those things like at least for the most important things and that time you feel abandoned like even my parents don't like me And as a kid, it affects you badly, you know, and then you'll be like, you have the fear of being left out. You're having the fear of, you know, the loss. So whenever you go, that anxiety, that trauma develops into an anxiety of, you know, whenever you're doing certain things, you always feel left out and you always feel, oh my God, what if, if I don't do this in time, they will consider me as a failure and I should do what I should complete. And that uh, over anxiety, it comes, it happens and the third thing is called blame and the blame is basically you know as a kid like in order to escape consequences you start blaming others you be like you know this thing happened because of that person or this person and you, you might have noticed that from your parents you know like how they blame their life see we are poor because that people fooled us our relatives stole from us you might have heard all that you know or maybe you know or we are not in that perfect space because of and we always come up with those ex- excuses and that ex- excuses actually you know you start make finding excuses for everything and when you're certainly hit with the consequence where you can't put the blame on anyone you suddenly feel fucking fucked up you feel like oh my god what the heck like uh like it's not my fault for sure it's somebody else's fault you're panicking mostly panic attacks happen because of the blame game it's called the blame game and the shame game and the shame game is the fourth one the fourth part of the jab judgment abandonment blames and shame so the shame is basically you know when you're you're just young and you did something stupid and you just can't forgive yourself you're always thinking that you know like nobody will forgive me you're feeling that worthless kind of feel like you know i don't feel like doing anything i'm not good in anything and that brings the shame aspect so that blame and the shame also causes a lot of anxiety because you're, you're shameful for, about yourself so you don't know how to interact with certain people and you just you just you know basically you just feel worthless and when you feel worthless you know you just can't connect with other people on that level. Because you always are anxious and you don't you don't have the social security to talk with people. Especially when you go and talk with new people, you feel like, you know, others are talking properly. So we talk about stuff like, I'm an introvert, I'm an extrovert. But it's not as simple as that, you know. Being an introvert is basically because you, there can be people telling you, I just like my peace of mind and stuff. But the thing is, why is your peace of mind disturbed when you're with a certain set of people? Have you ever questioned that? like you know in english terms it's easier to tell something that i'm an introvert i'm an extrovert but you're an introvert because you have insecurities to be honest see i'm not blaming anybody even i'm an introvert so don't take it in the wrong sense you know i'm an introvert and an extrovert at the same time because i'm i'm trying to be an extrovert because i don't want to keep anything within me all my insecurities see i get i want my for me my peace of mind gets affected because when i talk to other people so that's why i like to call myself an introvert but why is it that my peace of mind is always getting affected have we, we should ask ask that question on a daily basis to understand that we are actually you're just giving an excuse to be an introvert and sitting in your perfect space because the trauma which you are dealing with you need to talk about it you need to work with it so that you can come out of it yeah so with all that shit out of the way we'll talk about the treatment so just treatment there are many treatments okay so like i'm not a doctor so i want. excuse me yeah i'm not a doctor so like people shouldn't take me very seriously about the treatment but as much i've researched and as i am a person who's been suffering from anxiety myself for me what i personally really think is self-love acceptance self-love acceptance is basically you know telling yourself that man it's all right you're going through shit let's say you're having the stage fright you just sit with yourself that you're like let's say let's say from the stage fright example from my example okay i'm sitting right there and i'm like oh my god i need to go to the stage and collect that trophy or whatever it is and i'm kind of shivering and stuff you know like oh i don't know how it's going to go just tell to yourself man it's all right you're going to go there you're going to do it it's not going to be the end of you it's not going to be a best portion where people are like, oh my God, you saw the way how he collected that trophy. My God, this guy's something else. Nobody's going to say that. And nobody's, you're not going to sit there and pee over there. Are you going to fall on your face? And that things will never happen. So just making you understand that it's not going to be anything extreme and just accepting what you're going to do. You don't have to be a perfectionist. You just have to go and do the basics, whatever you're doing and just walk off and just give that self-love. No matter what bullshit you do going on the stage, it's fine. Just giving your body and your mind the relaxation from your inner self, you know, that actually helps. Secondly, when somebody compliments you, you know, there's something which I've noticed a lot, you know, we just dish it out quickly. And someone tells, Man, you look good, or I like that shirt. And you'll be like, Oh, thanks. Especially men. Especially men, you know, if someone tells you you look good, or you're having a nice shirt or something on, be like, Oh, thanks. And you just suddenly change the topic and be like, Okay, you know, what's happening with that person, man? Like, what's you just don't want to accept the fact that somebody's complimenting you because especially we as men have not been complimented enough you know we're always been asked to be tough and stuff which is understandable i'll talk about in a different episode the reasoning behind all that and all. but you know uh but all these things you know as i said you know when someone compliments you need to know like exactly how to behave and how to talk so yeah so the next thing is this is something which i learned from the internet there's somebody called mel robbins she talks about anxiety a lot and you know she's she's a coach and all those things and she has invented something called the five second rule it's a book about it if you haven't got it you can read about it and it's helped me a lot the five second rule is basically you know let's say let's say you you wake up in the morning you're lying on the bed and you're like i need to take a shot you have this morning routine planned up okay because if you're an adult you'll know that only and only if you follow your basic routines you'll feel good about that day if you're skipping your routines let's say i'll lie in my bed i'll eat the food i want to order i'll smoke weed all day at the end of the day you're going to feel fucked up you're going to feel like a loser you're going to feel shit because as you grow you want that you know you want the achievements to happen and for that you need that basic routines to happen and if you if you know that it's well and good if you don't know that man you're going through that down the drain because it's very important to have a routine and I've talked about it in previously in my Instagram pages, in my reels as well. So yeah, so the five second rule is basically, you're lying down and you have your routines and you want to do it, but you'll be like, today's just another day. What's going to change? So this is the basic rule about you know of, of, your, of a person's life. You start procrastinating and you'll be like, man, what's going to change? I get up, take a shower, do some stretches, some exercise, do a morning walk for five to 10 minutes or 15 minutes. One day if I skip, what's going to change? One day if I miss gym, what's going to happen? I'll just go have the food I want and all those things. And you mind be playing all those games with you. And then you'll be like, you're right. Somewhere from the inside, some dude will be like, you're right, dude. Fuck today. Today, we'll enjoy. Tomorrow, we'll take it seriously. And this is something which I've gone through intensely in my life. If you're my friend from college, you'll know that I've never attended college. And main reasoning was... I was so confident in myself. You know, I was thinking, man, today is gone. So what, tomorrow is there. Tomorrow will be like, to, tomorrow is gone. So what, day of tomorrow. And that just kept on going. And I just got fucked, to be honest. But yeah, if you're my friend, you'll know. And you'll be having a good laugh right now. Yeah, so that thing aside, you know, the five second rule is basically, when you're going through that aspect of life, you know, where you just fucked up, you just have to wake the fuck up and just count till five, four, three, two, one. And just walk do the thing you're said to do don't think once you have an once you wake up or whatever is the situation like once you want to do certain things you know the procrastination aspect of life you know actually turns into anxiety because you're thinking about it thinking about it, thinking about it, not doing it delaying it delaying it delaying it and that and delaying aspect always causes chronic anxiety you're just stuffing and piling up all that and you, it turns anxiety so this procrastination anxiety is actually goes hand to hand you know like it's like procrastination is like all the building blocks of anxiety so yeah so so yeah the five second rule is just basically that once you're going through certain things just you have an idea in mind you know what i'll go work out and then slowly your mind from the other side will be like today you want to work out today chill man look outside the weather we'll chill call your friend we'll drink now all those ideas will come up that time you just count like five four three two one just get the fuck up change your fucking clothes and get ready to go to gym end of story you don't you don't allow your mind to think but this is the best thing especially for a beginner but for me i don't talk about it because i think it'd be weird especially bringing it in this episode i found a way to you know overshadow the five second rule and i don't want to be the guy who brings in the negative experience and i don't that's why i won't talk about it i found a loophole in it and I started fooling myself of the five second rule. So I don't want to talk about it because I want people to take the best things out of this podcast and not the bad things. So that's why I've had to, you know, change the five second rule for my life and do certain different things. So I'll talk about that later, like in the next steps. But the five second rule is absolutely effective. Especially if you're not having that intense, serious anxiety, it's good that you do. Because once you're active, once you start doing things, you feel good about yourself. And I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that. The next one is called cognitive therapy, and if you are not, if you don't know what cognitive therapy is, cognitive therapy is basically therapy. You go to a therapist, and you know psychologist is sitting next to you, and you just explain yourself to that person, all your problems. You know, it's basically speech therapy, friend therapy, you can call whatever. You're just talking to that person, and that person is dissecting your problems and you know telling you what you did wrong or understanding you you know just understanding you and being there with you and just helping you with an anxiety aspect so cognitive therapy is one of the most effective therapies for depression and anxiety and it is because at the end of it as i said you know anxiety is basically the pent-up thoughts and build which you have put in your life your traumas so what the cognitive therapist do is this therapist will indulge in your life and find out the exact pinpoint time when the trauma occurred in your life and it picks it up and he helps you to digress the fact that it's fine and you know and gets you in the zone and gets you over that barrier so the fourth is called cognitive therapy with drugs that's right drugs so the and this is the most effective method uh, of anxiety as of now. Cognitive therapy, as I said, it's just therapy, talking to the person, speech therapy. You talk to the person. He understands you, befriends you and he be good with you. With drugs, it's basically I don't want to talk about those drugs and all because I just don't want to talk about it. there are so many drugs and uh, they can actually help you feel better about yourself you know it helps you in uplifting the serotonin amount in your body it's very scientific and complex so i don't want to bring that aspect because it takes a lot of time talking about it and i'm not a doctor so i shouldn't talk about the you know the chemical aspects of life at least in this episode because i just want to make it strictly anxiety related topic so yeah, basically you can go to a doctor and he'll advise you and he gives you the therapy you need along with drugs. And it's very fucking effective. I'm not going to go against it. Obviously it has its drawbacks and stuff like the drugs which is usually given for depression and anxiety have very strong addictive, it creates an addictive personality within you and you know, you're, you're always in need of that drugs in order to perform and stuff. So yeah, so so see basically anxiety has been a real huge part of my life. It's not just about that story. Yeah, I'd like to tell you one other story as well, you know. When I was younger, I think in my tenth grade, earlier really, this is another shit which happened tenth grade. Like, you know, one of my teachers was absent and then substitution substitution one teacher came one music teacher. My friends who was watching me will literally will remember that situation. Like, you know, and that ma'am came, and mom was like all of you sing, you uh, know, Janaga and that national anthem, Indian national anthem, and, once you finish singing, you can all go for games, all about like, hype, pumped and all, so we all started singing, okay? all of us sat together, and started singing, so one of, friend of me, one of my friends was, uh, he, I don't name anybody, he has a little, rough voice, for 10th grader, he's got a little, coarse voice, okay? so he was like, oh, he starts singing, so I kind of felt it funny, okay, I'm sitting up behind, and I kind of laughed, so, so, Obviously it's wrong in you know, national anthem, you're not supposed to do that. But you are know, young, you know, you try to prank every time, everywhere you wherever you find a prank, you want to do that stuff. So I kind of laughed and the teacher was not putting up with me. She got pissed. She was like, You insult the national anthem. I can understand the emotions, but come on you're know, kids, when you're playing around and you know? all. So she told me, Everybody sit down. You sing. And she told, only if you sing alone, okay you can all go for games. And you, should, and you should know that that day, a lot of people were like, there were like eight to nine, seven, seven to eight people in my class that time. Nobody else was there. So just in front of, just in front of this small crowd, I couldn't sing the song. And they were like, Adi, come on, sing, man. Sing, man, we can go play games. And I just sat there with my freeze mentality. I just froze there because I kind of felt like people, this is my greatest flaw when people put me in the pedestal and they tell me that Adi you can do it man it's fine you have done greater shit than this and that time they hype me up to that point and bring me there I just fall like pack of cards you know just, just fall like that out and down and out you know full crash and burn situation I just didn't know I couldn't sing it's not like I have a bad voice like if you have been following me on Instagram I even put some songs and stuff I it's it's just that at that point, you know, I was fucking anxious and singing was the last thing which I would do. The last thing. Like, you can take a gun and tell, dude, fucking sing or I'll shoot you. And I wouldn't sing that time also because, and that's how severe anxiety is. Because I was so, f- I was put on the pedestal that everybody's looking at me like this. Are these sing, man. I'm like, man, I can't sing, man. I just can't. And those guys were still annoyed with me at that time. They were like not talking to me that day. So I'll take this opportunity to tell, sorry if you guys are watching, you know, for that day, whatever happened, you know, I don't know how it happened, but I just never could sing and we never, she never left us for games and those guys were very pissed off that day. Obviously, they might have forgotten about the incident because it's a small fucking incident. But for me, it was something which turned to a trauma situation. Like, how the fuck you could disappoint your homies like that? That was the point, you know, that was a place where you have to shine and let your homies all go and play games. But that's, uh, that's what life is all about. I mean, that's what anxiety can do to you. In the simplest of things, you know, even singing the national anthem, which I have sung a thousand times. The most simplest thing, I couldn't do it at that time yeah i just got straight away from the topic so yeah so uh, we talked about the self-love acceptance how you should accept yourself before going to the stage we talked about when somebody compliments you you learn to receive it that's very important mostly men don't know to receive compliments except the fact you know when someone tells you just you look good just sniff you know just breathe in and just breathe out and just look at the person tell thank you like eye to eye you know thank you You know that kind of shit Men never do that. Even I don't do it. I talk about this big story. and that, But even at that particular time, I try to do it. I take a deep breath and I look at the person's face and I just can't believe it. Like, easy fucking around with me. And that's what's going in my head. But they are not, to be honest. At least that's what I would like to think. The third rule is from the Mel Robbins book. You can read about it. The five second rule. And it's very effective. It's very super effective. Even though I found a loophole towards it. And you know, I don't want to talk about it, as I said. But, you know, it's very effective. Try the five second rule. Whenever you are in a situation, bad situation. Whenever you want to do certain thing, just count backwards. Five, four, three, two, one, jump, boom, go do the shit. Next thing, as I talked about cognitive therapy, one of the most effective therapies found in 1980s especially for depression anxiety where people they came to know that drugs was not the major you know giving them some certain drugs is not going to change it it's a trauma which bring make keeps it coming back keep them coming back we talk about addictions why are people addicted to drugs why are people addicted to weed why are people addicted to alcohol that you know intoxicated lifestyle why do they want their intoxication in their life this is all trauma like if you're somebody who loves to intoxicate it's just for the fact that you are going through to be honest okay like most of my friends would know about it you're just going through separation anxiety like somehow you're not able to connect with yourself or you're not able to connect with your parents which you don't know the fun facts no most of the people won't know about it we don't know the reasoning why we do that it's because it takes a long time to understand why the fuck are you like that why are you always addicted to intoxication why does it make you feel good moving on cognitive therapy with drugs is said to be the most effective treatment for anxiety and as i said it worked for everybody and the next step is called i've talked about it in my previous podcast as well listen to your body because your body listens to you don't listen to your mind because your mind fucking doesn't listen to you now the basic concept is the body the mind you tell the mind to jump the mind will be like why to jump now let's You know, wait for some time, we'll do something later. But you tell the body to jump, it jumps because the body doesn't speak. It just listens. The body doesn't have a mind of its own. It doesn't have a voice of its own. But the mind is an asshole. He keeps telling you shit like that. And that's why when you're anxious, what is anxiety? A psychological state of being is somehow affecting a physiological state of being. That is anxiety like you feel anxiety that time it's not just in your head it's also in your body you feel your legs are shaking you can't breathe you're out of breath you're going through panic attack your heart is beating faster you're feeling itchy you're sweating so that's what anxiety is so it is basically where that fucked up shit of your mind is affecting your body so that's exactly what you need to do you know like when it's affecting your um, uh, mind when your mind cannot be controlled that's the time when you go to the body and you tell your body, you know what, let's do this shit. Let's get up and whatever the routines you have said, just do that and your body listens. And once you do that with your body for a frequent number of time, automatically your mind listens to you. That's why you see that when people exercise, they feel good about themselves. That's why exercise is also considered as a therapy for anxiety. Because once a person gets up and starts walking out, he feels good about himself, about himself. Because somewhere, anxiety is related to procrastination. I'm not talking about the serious anxiety, because like panic attacks and, you know, as I said, generalized anxiety disorder and stuff. The basic anxiety can be cured with exercise. Just walking out and just feeling good about yourself. You know what? I did 25 push-ups today. I could only do 20. I pushed myself to 25. And then you have, suddenly your body is going through, radiating to an energy of positivity and whatever, you, your mind is coming to that balance of what your body achieved. But if, if it's your mind, you know, your mind will tell, today's a good day. You'll feel, yeah, today's a good day. Tomorrow's a bad day. Oh, fuck, tomorrow's a bad day. Day of tomorrow, it's like, a, it's like a lottery system. You don't know, you wake up and you feel shit about it today. Today Should I do it today? Like I said, no, like every day I wake up and should I go to college today? Like, why should I go to college? I'll go tomorrow, man. I'll go. There. And I fucked up my college career like that. But at the end, I did everything well luckily but you know it could have gone really bad but somehow you know with god's grace and you know with my willpower obviously and i just cleared everything out so yeah so yeah so this is something which really works and it worked for me also but now comes the fifth point which i think is the best out there which you know people need to know about you know it's basically spirituality it's like your spiritual consciousness versus your spatial consciousness. And this is something which has changed my way of thinking of anxiety. Because as you guys see, I'm making a podcast now. The same dude who couldn't just go there. There's going to be millions. I want to say millions of viewers and shit. But man, shit doesn't like that don't happen. But I don't give a shit. If you guys if you turn to a million, I don't give. I'm, I'm fine talking now. Like I'm I'm over that extreme stage fight. I won't say I'm completely over it but i'm willing to accept it what the issues are like basically you know spirituality means that it's going to be very big thing so i'm not going to talk about what spirituality is i want to make an episode about spirituality the next episode i'm probably not i am i will be making an episode on spirituality about my spirituality okay everybody has a different set of spirituality about relationship with god relationship with life and all those things but for me as a person how spiritual awareness and how spatial awareness has affected me to understanding, you know, how I can get over my anxiety or depression or any mental sickness for a fact. is First, basically, is awareness. Your spiritual awareness, like, where do you stand within yourself? Within yourself, you know, you need to, every day I wake up, you know, every day. If I'm at home, I wake up every day. First thing I practice is gratitude. And this is something which you need to do like you have traumas i talked about the traumas causing anxiety you have issues which are causing you anxiety you wake up every day and thank yourself for anything which you feel good about i wake up and i say thank god i'm awake today at my home my mom's going to cook her delicious dosa i'm going to have that i'm going to have that breakfast you know and walk around my home i've got the luxury i don't have to worry about many things all those things when i'm outside when i'm living outside i'll be like thank god i'm awake today like you know i can walk around with my homies chill with my friends my best friends i can talk with them make some jokes laugh a lot have all the freedom i can do anything my parents are not here no one is there to judge me and all those things you know so it's basically like just be grateful for today just fucking be grateful for it and you understand that and you need to do that in a regular basis you know your anxiety starts coming down, and it's not a joke, it sounds like stupid and stuff. You know, meditation and all sounds exaggerated, especially when you listen from a Western audience. But it actually, what is meditation? It's basically awareness. So, my spiritual awareness of understanding my spiritual being, my relationship with God, which I'll talk about in the next episode, my relationship with gratitude, which I always, you know, work on, you know, I always pray about the happiness I have. No matter what, not everybody are happy. Not everybody have the thing which I have. But you have something which only you have. And that's what you need to understand. If you don't have, you don't think you don't have anything. That's because you're not thinking about the things you have. Once you sit down and think, you'll understand that you have a lot of things which others don't. Think about that. Feel grateful for that. Work towards because you're happy you have something. Make sure that you don't lose it. That's your primary goal. And you know, that's called spiritual uh, awareness understanding that are you in danger can you fuck up today like what's the worst possible scenario of today what is the best possible thing you can do just being present at that moment you know exact moment that's called meditation just being present understanding where you belong within yourself and another thing called spatial awareness is basically where the fuck you're sitting if i'm sitting in my home i know exactly what's going to happen here around me just think about like when you think man i don't have money i'm poor Let's say you're in that mindset and you're anxious because you are poor. Now you just get out of your head, out of your body and that's when you go for the spatial awareness and you look at others. How are others living? Look at your neighbor. How's he living? Okay, you look around, you understand that you are mostly better off than 80, 90% of the people. It is not just about the money. It can be anything. It can be about your body. It can be about if you're worried about your girlfriend, if you're worried about your vocabulary, if you're worried about your social skills so you're not that bad, once you keep telling yourself you're bad, then what, what else can you say, you can say you're bad, you're always going to be bad, you're not that bad, you have a lot of skills within you, make sure that you work on, it's something which you need to work on, and it's very powerful, cognitive therapy can take ass, and people will talk about it, I told you the most effective therapy is cognitive therapy, and what is cognitive therapy, you're talking to somebody about their traumas, and he's helping you, he or she is helping you and pushing you to that point where you are right. You know, they tell you that you can't, if you, let's say you have issues with water, you're hydrophobic, you can't, you know, touch water and stuff. They'll tell you, you know, slowly go to the bathtub, fill water with that and somehow push you to sit in the bathtub for 10 minutes every day or five minutes every day. And slowly, 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 you work from there, you work from there, go to a the pool, then to a the water, then you start swimming. So they're making you face your fears slowly, slowly, slowly see these are the people the people who need therapy are basically people who don't have an understanding of self once you have an understanding of yourself you don't have you don't need a reasoning you don't need a person to listen to your problems and to help you out i know that most people can't do it it's easy for me to say because it took me a long time to understand what this is also if to having a relationship with yourself who the fuck are you what do you want what do you like if you can't answer these questions you know put it in a bracket and if you can't answer these questions, you're not ready to live you you might be having a job you might have the beautiful girlfriend you might have a beautiful car you might be having you might be wealthy and all those stuff but one day you will lose it all because you don't know exactly what you want you will be anxious you will be depressed you might be seeing people who are having everything in their life but they're anxious they're depressed they're suicide why do you think all this happened because they don't have a relationship with self Create your relationship with self, you know, and that's easier for me to talk about. Maybe in my next episode, in my spiritual episode, episode I'll talk about it. So this is it about anxiety, and I have a lot of examples about myself, you know, shameful experiences. And I think two, three ex- examples I said, and that's enough, you know. I don't want to insult myself a lot more. Mm. And I'm sure that you guys enjoyed it. So yeah, so just stay tuned, and you know, I'm sure that last epi- last week I couldn't release a good episode, but. I couldn't release any episode, sorry, and uh, I will try not to make the mistake again. I'll try to be punctual. Just keep watching and keep supporting me in Instagram and go to my Spotify page and give me a good rating because most of my fans, 85% of my fans, fans, <laughs> that's a long term, 85% of my viewers are watching me in Spotify. So make sure you give me a good rating there and share my episode with your friends and family, man. Be that hype master and hype your buddy. So that I can grow and people can just watch me. And if they like or not, it's up to them. Just at least get me to the platform where people are watching me. So with that, adios. Take care, take care of your health. Make sure, if there's something which you need to take away from this episode is wake up every day with the intention of gratitude. And that's going to change the way you see things. With that, adios.